You're listening to the Huck and Ride Podcast, the show that celebrates the two-wheeled lifestyle from pros to beginners and everything in between. Proudly brought to you by Kenda, the tire that's designed for your journey, the Huck and Ride Podcast is homegrown on two wheels. And now, here's your hosts, Jason Simpson and Lala Naharis. And here we are, our first video podcast. And we are with Mr. Don Maeda, mm. who's been such a help for us. And we've said it before and so super grateful for all that you've done for the Huck and Ride podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't think you realize you're actually a co-host on a, on the show every single time because we talk about you. <laughs> no, I'm the, I'm the producer. The producer. Nice. Oh, nice. I like it. We have to have that edit on there produced by Don Maeda. Yeah. Swap more yeah, There's been a couple of times when it's like. I come back to my phone, like five missed calls from Lala, <laughs> then the text, no love. <laughs> <laughs> Call me. <laughs> hey, yeah. that's what I do. Doing what we have to do, right? Yeah. Then I drive down to Cycler USA and edit in her little desk area. Perfect. True story. Perfect. But it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I, I, I like it. helping friends and, uh, you know, I'm more passionate about bicycles than I am about my own subject matter. Right? <laughs> yeah, as long I know from like six to like eight thirty in the morning, nine o'clock, I'll get a skyline. text. He's up riding, but yeah. he'll be like, "I'll call you later." He's he's, <laughs> so, he's doing skyline. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, man, See, it's nice to not be the host right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. usually I'm the one like my mind's racing and spinning. What do I say next? No, what you I get have? a chill on this one. This is well, us. Well, no. I'm, I'm co-host, but my mind's completely blank right now, so I don't know if that's good or bad. But, no, I think I'm it's always that's a, isn't that what they say? Men usually don't think of anything. Like, Maybe, yeah, yeah, yes. What are you it. thinking? You're like wing it. Uh, nothing. What are you thinking? Yeah. But officially, we are in the Swap Moto Live uh, studio, yeah. which is awesome. A little loft. It's, it's like we're in a barn. You know, people are always saying that. Man, what's the ceiling height for midgets? You know. Well, <laughs> wait a minute. I'm not even five foot, and I didn't hit it, so yeah. we're good. Yeah, we're, we're in the corner of the roof. Yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome though. But it's perfect. It's and teaching us how to do this with the the YouTube going on. And Jay's yeah. been messing more with YouTube with the Huck and Ride podcast. And yeah, you'll have to watch the uh, the first uh, YouTube edit that I put together. Oh, okay. Did, did a riding video of Highline down in what the is the Sedona. channel? Huck, Huck and Ride. YouTube.com/slash C slash. I gotta Huck learn all that. There yeah. you go. How can I see that he's teaching see? us? Yeah. I know. I know. Man, he calls me to the carpet all the time. Did you <laughs> rename your channel? Like you named the channel and did the custom URL? Because if you don't, it's just like YouTube.com slash C slash six five three eight. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh. Well, Probably. See, there you go. See? This is and this is why we're here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, how old are you, Jay? Fifty two. You're younger than me. You're supposed to be more tech savvy. I've, I've talked about the tech part before. Yeah, we, we went through this before. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yeah. I do floors. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you, At, right now we're getting pressure to expand Swallowing Alive into TikTok. And I'll tell you what, I downloaded the TikTok app when we first started Swallowing Alive. Yeah. And I opened it and my eyes went glossy. And I went into my daughter's room and I'm all, do we need to do one of those? And she goes, no, dad. That's yeah, something. but yeah. I mean, it's now, still big, right? It's yeah, still it's, big. It's yeah, huge, I had yeah. one of the I had one of the kids on the team actually hit me up this week about it, and he's like, "Do you think we need to do TikTok?" And I'm kind of at that, that. I'm just like, but TikTok started uh, off like a dancing thing, right? I don't it know. started off like friends connecting with friends, where they can do 
good and bad stuff and it was between them and so it's a little bit more private than it is like Instagram and all that and then but now they're using that turning them into the reels now that Instagram has reels mm -hmm. so it actually is totally changed what it started from to where it's at now so well, when it was first out i heard it was like chinese spyware or something <laughs> no like like they have rights to everything that you put on tiktok uh -huh. oh, yeah, so that's even worse i don't know and tiktok's from china or something i thought yeah that is true yeah chinese spyware see and that's <laughs> weird <laughs> see and that's weird because like the kids all did it like come of the kids at work at them and then it was like they were like showing, it's when they can do, I don't want to say the word illegal, but they were doing bad stuff and bragging to each other they were doing it. And that's what this stuff was. And then now, but like I said, now it's evolved into, people are using it. I mean, people are making a lot of money off of using their TikTok videos onto the reels, mm -hmm. you know? So you kind of like, I don't know, I'm learning how to do all this <laughs> and yeah. stuff and we're good. There's so. a point when you just realize you're too damn old. That TikTok yeah. is my cutoff. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm there with, with you because this is already stretching me. I mean, you're already calling me out on, you know, did you get your own YouTube? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't change the name. <laughs> I just signed up. I knew how to log in. Yeah. Yeah. He, he remembers the password. This, this time that's <laughs> important. Yeah. Knowing a password is important. So. Yeah. No, you know. but but bringing us to, I mean, uh, we've mentioned it before on how we met you through Mike and everything, but mm -hmm. you're cycling, you know, we always talk about, and then here you just went moto. You did the day in the dirt. Mm -hmm. How did that go in your white kit? By the way, it was good. <laughs> you're wearing a white kit, dude. I, <laughs> that's a statement. I wore white gear, solid white gear. And I was just like, do I order this? Do I not order this? Cause like I usually day in the dirt fast house provides me with kits. Right. Sure. And it's like, I always used to go, Hey, make sure it's black or at least the Jersey stomach area has to be black. Yeah. But this year I'm all going white. So I ordered all white gear. Was pretty self-conscious about it. And did I, like, did you live up to like, it? Yeah, it looked all right. Nice. Yeah, it didn't look like the Michelin man like I thought. Nice. But, uh, you know, I owe that to you guys, obviously. <laughs> have you <laughs> talked about Optivia on your podcast? Yeah, we have. We yeah, have. we've brought it up quite a few times. Because yeah. yeah. it's, it's been, it's hard, it's hard for us to not bring it up because it's been such a life change for us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's given both of us i mean i'll speak for myself but it's given me a new lease on life mm -hmm. because having stayed stayed active as an adult like through cycling and stuff but you realize after losing the weight and having a higher energy level and things that i thought were due to age and me beating up my body for so many years right they were just weight related yeah you know and and so um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for me to not share that with people mm -hmm. because, See, because I it works. I haven't, uh, I don't want to say come out of the closet cause it's not a secret. Right. But like, I'm thinking about it. Like people have commented to me through my vlogs I do every week. Yeah. Like I'll get a DM like, dude, you look way thinner than you used to or whatever. And it's funny cause I've looked back at things and I'm like, dude, yeah, look at that. You know, yeah. but. But uh, I think if I came out and said, hey, I did this program or whatever, you know, go to Lala <laughs> to, to get signed up. But I mean, I think you'd be flooded with some some inquiries. Well, good. Least. Can you do that for me? Yeah, please? here it is. <laughs> We're going to talk about the rev share, though, you know? No. Right. <laughs> right. There's there's uh, legalities with that, right? Yeah. yeah. No, but, but it is like you feel better. Like he was saying, things you don't mm -hmm. realize, like my ankle swelling, like going from a seven and a half and eight to an eight and a half. Eight, um, 
an 18 half and just in your shoe and you don't mm-hmm. think why would i lose shoe size you know well it's because your feet are fat you know mm-hmm. and like my biggest thing is my wrist bone i think that's the funniest with me so far is i'm like oh I haven't seen that in a long time. My yeah. wrists are sitting yeah. skinny, you know. So, but well, I, yeah. I, I shared too. Like one of the biggest things for me, in especially on the on the road bike, over the last five years, I thought that I had carpal tunnel because mm-hmm. I would as soon as I would rest my hands on the bars yeah, on the yeah, road bike, my my hands would just go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I knew that that you know you shouldn't be resting all your weight on your hands anyways. You should be holding yourself up with your core. So I'd focus on things like that. But when you're eighty pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. it's hard to just rely on your core to hold you yeah. up. There's there's Twinkies holding you up. There's not, yeah. you know, yeah. not core muscle. So, um, but yeah, that's gone. Like yeah. my hands don't go to sleep anymore. And it's yeah, just it's, weight it's, related. It's, it's awesome. I mean, I personally, so I was 181 when I started. Yeah, you didn't have a whole lot to lose. You just knew well, you but like I was some. thinking back, like when I was misguided racing cross country. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was training a lot with my friend Christian Craig's professional motocrosser, but I got down to 172 at that point, and it was like, I was training with him a lot and riding, but I was still chubby, and I was like, dude, we were at breakfast one day, and I'm eating a sausage skillet with toast with jam, and I'm all, why am I not losing weight? And I'm all, it's this stuff. So I quit eating carbs back then, Yeah. and I got down to 172 at a point, and it was at that 172 weight, my wife saw, yo, I'm pumped that you're in shape and everything, but you look like our Vietnamese gardener. You know, <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But anyway, that was when I was full cross-country guy. And then, you know, through the years, quit riding cross-country, more trail stuff. But when I ran into you guys at Roy's, I was 181. Not terribly out of shape or, or whatever, right? Right. But... I got sick of seeing Mike getting skinnier and skinnier. So then you talked me into it and I signed up. And the funny thing is I signed up as my goal weight was 172. Yeah. Right. Like before Christmas, I was at 156. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I blew, I hit my goal weight in one week. I lost seven pounds the first week Yeah. or seven and a half pounds. And yeah. Anyway, it, it's been crazy. It's life changer. I haven't dealt with any hunger. Yeah. Um, and the medicine and your doctor. Yeah, I mean, no no meds at all or anything. Uh, blood pressure is good. Yeah, so th- I did a test, health test, and my blood pressure is dead nuts even right now. The first time in my whole life I've never been borderline higher. Wow. High. Uh, my cholesterol went from 198 to 120-something, but that was only three weeks into the program. Right. So I have a blood test this week, and I can't wait to go in, right? But I'm going to wait to go in until I lose that Christmas weight, which should take like three, four days. <laughs> right. But anyway, yeah, the, the health benefits yeah. are endless and the personal enjoyment of activities is tenfold. Right? Yeah. You're just living a, a happier life. Yeah. Racing motocross has gotten better for me. It's like you get older, you get slower on a dirt bike right. no matter what, right? Yeah. I've gotten faster in the last two months because yeah. I can go from sitting to standing easier and not tired. Not yeah. that I was getting tired before, but. Everything's better. Yeah. And but you I wore had, a white kit. I wore a white kit. Without looking like a, <laughs> I a belly my, roll. <laughs> I'd take my suspension back to Enzo, my brother's, to get revalve lighter and I, change I, springs. Yeah, I've I've said that's been the most difficult thing is for me to find my suspension setup on the bike. Because mm-hmm. I've always just been maxed out. Like, just go to the top, whatever the max is, that's what I'm going to run And you end up bottoming it out, even though yeah. it can't even hold your weight. Well, like. you know, and, and an, air, an air shock or air fork, mm-hmm. I've, I've always felt like once you get to that, 
max level, it's not performing how it's supposed to. Like yeah. you're not getting yeah, no, the performance no. out of the the shock or the fork mm-hmm. the way that you're supposed to. Now I'm down, like down in the the middle of it. It's like, oh wow, I can actually tune this thing and I can feel the differences. I'm, it's exciting. It's yeah. good stuff. I think, yeah, you said that's one of the most exciting things is being able to play with suspension. Totally. Yeah. No, that's yeah, and and not not to mention you were um, even being bad on New Year's and, or Christmas and all that, but you feel you feel better. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. that's. I think that's big for me, just the energy and the sleep, and it's different. So yeah. I dig it. I mean, I still got some more to go, so y'all can be skinny all day long. I'm not there yet. <laughs> Dude, but. you know what sucks is none of your clothes fit anymore, right? Yeah. Like, uh, my brother gave me this hoodie for Christmas. It's a large. It's gigantic, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I bought yeah. my O'Neill Pass gear. It on over. I've, no. gone, <laughs> I've gone from 34 large to 30 medium yeah. pants. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I bought. I I went from a. I was I was bulging out of forties. Like I. He should have been in forty two. And, and it was denial. it was like I was like okay, I'm not buying forty twos. And that mm-hmm. was kind of the the changing point for me. It was like I'm not doing that. Yeah. So um, but I'm, so I bought thirty fours, but I've got to cinch it in with a belt. I just bought some thirty threes. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite to a thirty two, and I don't know. But so, but yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like I never thought you were talking about the goal weight because I yeah. I had a goal weight of two ten. I started at two fifty four, and uh, I thought oh, I remember weighing two ten. I felt pretty good, you know, because I'm six three, yeah. Yeah. and uh, man, I blew past two ten. I'm like, well, shoot, I'm losing weight. I'm just going to keep going. I'm mm-hmm. down at one seventy five. I had no idea that I yeah. could do that. Like I, I didn't. Think there's know. a point though where we lose too much weight and we look older. Yeah. Like, I look old as shit now. I'm like, no, you don't. Am I allowed to say shit? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know the rules, we, remember? We say whatever we want in ours. You know? <laughs> oh, I've heard it. Every other <laughs> word out of Alfred's mouth is bad. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just. Neither one of you guys look your age, though. How uh, old are you? 53. Yeah, no. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. You know the heartbreak of it all? I usually get just ripped off on dad presents, right? It's like I get rad stuff from my kids and my wife and everything. Like, so my birthday in September, she's like, what do you want? And I was like, I usually say nothing because I get everything I want. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I don't know even know how, but like, you know, motocross, anything I want, I call. Somehow I've like kind of worked that way into the cycling yeah. area too. Yeah. But So it's like before when I first started being fascinated with cycling, my wife knew she'd get me a a helmet or a jersey or something sure. now it's like she can't get me anything but i was like if i don't say anything i'll get some lame presents like for christmas i said i didn't want anything guess what i got a box a case from sam's club of individual serve skinny pop popcorns <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff i'll get right? <laughs> so for my birthday i'm all Fuck it. screw it i want a louis vuitton belt because I need to wear a nice belt with that suit when I married my niece and my Oh, yeah, my you officiated, yep. So she bought me a, what, $700 Louis Vuitton belt? Oh, my gosh. It's way too big now. <laughs> it sucks. Here, poking the hole in yeah, the $700 I'm, I'm, I'm belt. Like, oh, maybe I could, like, take it to them and they could put a new rivet in, you know? But, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> That's the biggest heartbreak about. Oh, There man. you go. See that? I got this belt. The best birthday gift I got in a while. Okay, so can't l- wear it. lesson learned. Don't ask for a $700 belt. Yeah, that's true. 
It's not don't lose the weight. It's don't lose the time. <laughs> See, I'll wear anything cheap, but I got my shoes. I do my Uggs, you know? Yeah. And so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Oh, I would, I don't, I would somehow try to make that fit. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I have it on the tightest setting right now. And if I wanted to I pull my pants off without <laughs> unbuttoning it, but it holds on the hip bones a little. Yeah. Yeah. There you, yeah. Yeah. That, it's good though. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good feeling. And it, like you said, you felt it just putting on a few pounds over mm-hmm. the Christmas thing. You're like, okay, I want to go. Cause yeah, you know, yeah, it. so like I weighed 162 this morning. I'm like, Oh God, a big tub of goo. You know, <laughs> what 62 big tub of goo. Okay. But, but you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Whatever. It's just all in your head, right? Right. You get used to seeing something, but. Yeah. 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 Too bad it's so damn cold right now because I would be riding my road bike more because I'd I look better in a lycra yeah. kit, right? <laughs> you got to get the. I have to get new Wait a kit. minute. Got to get the wind, any the wind dude looks, You would think any dude looks good in lycra. You're crazy. Okay. Lycra was not made for hey, men. We'll, we'll go out and we'll <laughs> tell each other how good we look yeah, in our on. lycra. Oh my God! Never in a, you. Never, in a, <laughs> never in a million years did I think I was gonna have a job where people proudly, you know, you were done riding three hours ago before you came into the bike shop and you're still in your lycra. You've no, been that's, done riding. Oh, uh, dude, you guys, do that. Oh my God, all the time. Like, really? Like See, that, that, that. In that sense, that's a cycling pickup kit. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I ride. I ride. It's road, like it's like going to the bar, stomach. right? Yeah. It's like going, going like to Chipotle after motoing, still wearing your moto gear, right? Yeah. 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 You guys do that? No. No. Oh, okay. Just checking. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying it's the same thing. There you go. I don't go into the bike shop wearing lycra either. I want to hear about swapping his last uh, race at at the one at the day in the dirt when the guy passed you and you were like, yeah, yeah. The guy in the red sequin jacket? (laughs) This you you see the anger going on there? Go ahead, tell tell Jay the story because oh I got ripped off. So I went into Day in the Dirt right like in the past, like from the time I was thirty, I've always won my age division no matter what. And like the last couple of years, I haven't won anything at Day in the Dirt. So this year I'm like I'm fit, I'm light, I'm, I'm in I'm, white. I'm, I'm winning shit this year, right? So I go in and I win the two stroke race like pretty easily. I fell while I was leading and I dropped back to tenth and I passed her and I won. So uh, the big one is for me is my 50, 50 class race. Yeah. So take off and I'm winning. I'm like gone, right? And I'm like, yeah. So I'm being really polite, passing the people in the races ahead of me that because you catch people on right. the free. Like, uh, and this guy blows by me on the, the pavement. And I'm like, whoa, that guy's probably in my race. So I wick it up and I catch him and I pass him back. But then I made this crazy mistake over jumping this jump. I hit my face on the handlebars and – Almost flew into the crowd and crash. I saved it. I caught back up to him, passed him again, and then it's the last lap. And I'm like, hey. So I start yelling at people that I'm passing, but like not a dick. Like, yeah. Leader, 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 on your left. But every time someone moves over for me, I literally thank you. I look my head over and I yell thank you like because I don't want to be that guy, right? So I'm winning this race with this second place guy behind me. And I come up. And Dan the Dirt's a race where like people – some people think it's just more of a party and yeah. fun. So like there in the past, there's been a guy racing with no shirt with a Viking helmet taped to the top of his motor, whatever. I mean, you see guys in like Elmo outfits and stuff. Yeah. Racing. I catch up to a guy wearing a red sequin sports coat over his gear. And it's a guy I know casually, but I'm like, Oh, y'all's name leader leader. <laughs> he looks behind me and <laughs> 
gasses it harder <laughs> and is racing with me and I'm lapping him. And then he doesn't do this triple jump and I land on him and I fall off the track and I didn't fall, but I rejoined the race still in the lead, but I'm like, I can't be that guy. So I let the guy in second pass me with the attempt to pass him back. And then the red sports coat guy passes me too. Oh, so it took me a while to pass him. And then I came up like 0.2 seconds short at the finish line. Oh no. This is the most mad I've ever been about a second place finish. But I talking to him. So he just finishes and it's one of those texts that he gets. Yeah. And he's like, he FaceTimes me. He's like, look, I'm in white. So he's holding his phone. He's in white. He's like, which is a bold statement. And a guy in a red sequence jacket won. He passed me. No, he didn't win. He cost oh, him. He caught, yeah, he cost him. And it, oh, my God. It was so. My friend was overhearing us. And he goes, that alone is a sentence good enough for a quote. A guy in a red sequence sport coat cost me the win. <laughs> that is true. And it was funny. I was like, okay. He's like, I got to go out there again. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was good times. It's it's funny, but I, I just the whole feeling good going out there and then that he was like, ugh, and he looked all like you were sweating. You're like, <laughs> I was all dirty. Yeah, dirt on my. Face. And then you changed outfits, didn't you? Or did mm-hmm. you go? Yeah, he changed outfits to go to the next race. So another white outfit, though. Well, nice. yeah, you were in white that weekend. It was nice. it was good. And then uh, go ahead. So. um I know you did a podcast earlier today about A1 coming mm-hmm. into the Supercross season. And we're starting our mountain bike season. Starts off this weekend out at Fontana. Mm-hmm. Um, but thinking about just the state of the sport and thinking about Supercross and, I mean, Supercross, that's more what you're familiar with, the racing. What makes, in your opinion a healthy sport. What does a sport look like when it's healthy? Mm. Well, our sport as yours does too, it relies on a healthy economy, right? Yeah. Cause it's not a cheap sport and you can't just buy a tennis racket and go play and you got to buy it. Yeah. $11,000 motorcycle and $1,500 worth of protective gear. And then you got to pay 40 bucks to get in to ride and, and all that. But, uh, <clears throat> obviously, COVID was a huge shot in the arm for our sport, especially the competitive side, right? The local racing scene. Yeah. Um, when we were Transworld Motocross putting on races, if we had a 500-entry turnout, we were, like, high-fiving each other. You know, yeah, that's big. You know, we had 1,000 at Swap Moto Live during COVID. Like, I think, like, the third or fourth race into the COVID yeah. pandemic, we were like, screw it, we're going racing again. And we had, like, 1,000 entries, and we're like, that's too much, man. It's yeah. too big. So, uh, yeah, I mean, participation is high right now. Um, obviously, bike and accessory sales are ridiculous. Right. There's, there's a supply. Yeah, the supply, supply chain, is all, chain yeah. has been cut off by all the shipping problems and all, and all that. But uh, I don't know. I think uh, just the bright side to the pandemic is that it got people out and active, right? Because they're yeah. tired of just being cooped up. Right. So, um, I think we're in a good place right now. Uh, participation is high. A lot of people are riding. You see a lot of people trying to buy new bikes and the used bike market is up because bikes are hard to get. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. I think supply everywhere. Bicycles, trucks. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just drove I flew to Mississippi and drove a truck back here cuz there's no trucks. The one around. outside? Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, there's no no trucks to be had, mm-hmm. you know. So Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, I was just thinking about that because I know our our sport has had some similar things, but one of the things I've always been frustrated with on our side of the sport, and I don't like to complain all the time, but because I, I've been a fan of motocross my whole life. So following motocross and knowing what goes on there and then looking at, at mountain biking, it's like, it's so unorganized that it's not organized as a whole, as a sport. There's mm-hmm. always these little, little segments going off to kind of doing their own things. And it makes it to where, I don't know. I mean, you, you almost get, I don't like segregated almost. Mm-hmm. It, it's you know, and and no one wants to work together. About the competitive side or, on the competitive or side, and with with the organization, mm-hmm. with you know, um, um, I've stated it before, but my frustration with USA Cycling, you know, they just kind of drop the ball on a lot of the, you know, if it doesn't. Because I think there's so many different entities. It's not just the levels. Like we're motocross, you have your levels, right? But it's motocross. Like with uh, with this, you have downhill, and then you have your levels. You have XC, and then the levels, and you and the different promoters for each one. Yeah. There's no like no cohesiveness. Yeah, none at all. And and, and I think and it would help to to make it more cohesive. Yeah. But can a can a downhill expert in this series go race? Enduro beginner, or does he have to? Yes. Raise? Yeah. 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 Each entity has its own <clears throat> level of proneness. Oh. So just because you're a pro in one, but most pros in one won't go to. I mean, they may yeah, try yeah, expert yeah. because they don't like pedaling, or pedaling's different, or they just got this type of bike. But yeah, um, and normally you don't want to sandbag anyways in any in any sport. But oh, are you kidding? <laughs> Cycling is the biggest sandbag. I said you don't want to. No, I didn't no, say that you, people don't. Do. They want. <laughs> Okay, okay, here, here's for instance. For as much as I used to ride cross country, like I used to do like 200 miles a week, right? In oh my dirt. gosh. Like crazy amounts of miles. Right. Like I could go to over the hump and win, win a trophy, like third place, fourth, whatever. And over the hump's pretty cool about like moving people up because I got bumped out of beginner like right away and I was bitter about it because I never won a race. <laughs> but like, it was what was it at the time? The Kendrick Cup series when I was uh-huh. racing. There is no way I should have ever got last in a race in Cat Three. Yeah, I got last place a bunch of times. Yeah, and it's just like, how? What? What? Where's all the sleds that ride less than me? Either that, or it's like it was intimidating. There was a barrier to entry for local competitions like that. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, dude, racing is scary. Like the cross country side of it for me, it was. Yeah, but like. <clears throat> I want to say at a Kendrick Cup, I never broke the top 10. Yeah. Like ever. And the only, the best finish I ever had in a cross country race was I was 49 and I went to uh, Sea Otter. And I used to like the Sea Otter because it's like one big 20 mile loop. Yeah. And I got sixth out of like 70 people. And right. I was just like so happy. Like I was in the top 50% even, you know? Yeah. And I was like, God, this is great. This is awesome. I yeah. got sixth place. I didn't get a trophy or anything, but I was just like, I was in the top 10. This is the first time. And I'm like, I wonder why. Is it because it's a longer race? I think more of it's just a festival, right? So there's more entries. So there's right. more casual people that I was able to beat. Right, right. <clears throat> so I'm like, all right. And I realized, oh, 
dude, I missed the podium by one spot. I'm like looking at the lap times and stuff. I'm like, oh, if I had, you know, tried harder here or there, I could have got fifth. And so the next year, I'm in the 50 class, right? So I'm like, podium pie, here it comes. (laughs) (laughs) So my friend John Wessling, who's a motocross trainer and uh, high-level cross-country skier guy, but so he wrote me a program, and I trained for 12 weeks. And, dude, I hated my mountain bike by the time Sea Otter came around because it was like uh, intervals, base rides, all this stuff. And I'd be like, hey, dude, I know it's off day, but can I ride with my buddies on Saturday? No. Well, dude, they're slow. I'll just go, no. <laughs> so it's like all the fun aspect of why I like mountain bike right. in the first place was gone. <clears throat> so I go to Sea Otter. I cut nine minutes off my lap time. Right? Yeah. I got 25th in the 50 class. Yeah. What kind of sandbagging is that? Seriously. Oh, that, I don't know. that. So that's the last time I raced. I yeah. was like, oh, I'm never doing this Well, again. what's funny is so the, our very first show with you, we were, it was before Sea Otter this year because Sea mm-hmm. Otter just happened in yeah, yeah, yeah. October. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, so I think I was telling you like, hey, Sea Otter's coming. Like, yeah. uh, you know, so I, I went up there and I've raced Sea Otter, I don't know how many years, done multiple uh disciplines disciplines i've done usually enduro and downhill that's the the two that i do this year i did sixth in enduro yeah out of 70 out of 70 something and my and then third and downhill first first time i've ever podiumed Mm -hmm. so i get what you're saying because it's like i've done this many years of racing at sea otter Mm -hmm. never been on the podium like never i've been close but not yeah. yeah i just Dude, yeah. How are there, how so, are there man, that many guys in the 50 class that are that fast? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, in my class, the enduro was one of the biggest classes. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. It was, it, was it was huge. I thought it, a lot of, I even looked at the lady there and I'm like, is it that many riders that are here that, or that signed up or are they actually here? She goes, no, they're checked in here. Mm. They had something like over 85. Some of them didn't show up, but 72 or 73. Yeah, something like that. There showed mm. up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sandbagging. Sandbagging. Sandbagging, sandbagging happens. No, no, or it's age bagging. I don't know. Like, why age are they faster bagging, in the fifty class? Well, the like, guy that the my guy, time, the guy I would have been, I would have been third in the younger class. Yeah. It's uh, like twenty fifth. Come on. Yeah. Well, know. well, Dennis Foster, who won my my class. I mean, you can't call him a sandbagger. The guy's sixty one, sixty two years old. It's like right dude, all he, the time. It's freaking fast. Oh. Yeah. That's all there is to it. So, you know. I, 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 like- on the way home from Seattle, I called Mike and I go, "Do you have a stump jumper in stock? I want to buy it." <laughs> <laughs> I got rid of my cross country. <laughs> Done with the cross country. <laughs> I, you know, I raced one more time over the hump. Yeah. After that, and it was only because Malcolm Stewart begged me to do it. Yeah. And I raced twice more. But yeah, this was lame. <laughs> so, what's your favorite type of bicycle riding now? It's for fun. Just trail riding. I know your stump well, jumper. Yeah, probably. Hope. I just got a new enduro. I, I seen your and, post, and I took it out to Holdercrooks and just was like, "I'm crushing PRs." Well, I had to start my Strava over, but I went out and it was like, it was too slow. It rolled too slow. Yeah, I think I think the enduro is better for like Troy Lee and you Diablo. Need, you need you need a lot more gravity fed for the enduro. Yeah, so then I took my stumpy Evo out and smashed all my times. I was pumped. But yeah, it's he, super fun. Like I, like I joked with you about racing. Like I'm not gonna race. I'll take the fun out of it. 
Yeah, he had, he had fun the other day. He's like, I just I just killed all my PR. I just PR'd everything. Oh. He was stoked the other day. You ever written uh, Chiquita? No. Down at San Juan? I've written San Juan, but I don't know what Chiquita is. Chiquita is a little loop off of it. It's is that the fun. lollipop on the top? Uh, it's off of that. Oh, no. I've only ridden to that Cocktail Rock and okay. back down. Because I've only done it on a regular bike. So. Okay. We gotta, we I've gotta, never shuttled. i got to take you out on a shuttle there and do a Chiquita. There you go. See? I just I just did that on Saturday. Super fun. Really technical. It's challenging. Mm-hmm. Like it's. Uh, Have you ridden Diablo off Skyline? No. That's my favorite trail right now. All right. We got to do that. I did that on New Year's Day. I don't know. New Year's. I don't know. Anyway, it was jacked up because of the rain. Yeah. Like big, giant. Huge rain ruts. Yeah. San Juan's one of the places you can ride after the rain. It's really good because yeah. it only gets mud puddles like this big. Mm-hmm. Like they're not bad. Yeah, same yeah. with uh, Holder Crooks. Okay. Yeah, I rode there in the rain. Nice. Year. Yeah, everyone says because that one has like the it's a sandy. More I wasn't. Thing, yeah, so. I wasn't sure if that place. Cause I only rode there the one time. Oh, but. I've only gone there once and gotten jacked up by the moisture. And it was like earlier this year when the first like kind of freak storm happened, like in like September, August, September. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I went with my buddy Fernando, and we rode Sith, and it was perfect. I was like, oh, let's do Caldera. We're going. There's like one section of Caldera that's kind of like clay. And I came around this tree, and I was like, this is so good. And all of a sudden, I looked looked at my front tire. It was getting bigger and bigger Uh, and bigger. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And fell like five more more times. Fell down the trail. Yeah. I'm good with that. Cool. It's funny, huh? Yeah. It's funny that. I, I just trip out on how everybody crosses over between like your, like your moto, but you love your bike. Like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I've told the story a hundred times, but <clears throat> I took my mountain bike out of the rafters when I went to the doctor and he told me you're overweight, blood pressure's high, cholesterol's high, blood sugar's high, take all these pills. And so I took the pills for like two days and felt crappy. So then I, I had this old bike. That I had from the 90s and I started riding and I never took the pills again but I did it initially just to like help my health and train for motocross and yeah pretty soon I got in shape from riding cross country where I could ride moto as long as I wanted to you know at, at my pace you know and I'd be like dude not 10 laps is enough because I'm exposing myself to potential injury and I can't ride my bicycle if I get hurt. (laughs) (laughs) It just made this crazy flip-flop, right? Right. Yeah, now it's like, like if if my family pieces out for the weekend and says I I can do whatever I want, I'm riding my bicycle. I'm not riding a motorcycle. Well, okay, so, and here for a lot of people, like I've learned so much about you. Like I told you when we first started this, like I... I knew who you were, but I didn't know anything, right? And so since then, we've become really good friends. And But um, Jay, who's followed Moto and everything, but and you just did a post. Um, let's talk about the post you did this week about, and I've learned more about you on how you hate these last oh. tail end of the, of, of the year. Yeah. And because well, some well. of it's come to death, um, but there's other things. But you just posted something the other day as well, so about your dog. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and for those of you guys who don't know, he's got a new little baby who's in training right now, but totally cute. And we'll put Is that picture Misa? up. Misa. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Misa. But your story of where like you used to work for, because that's one of the things that happened towards the end of the year. So tell, tell, cause I mean, I like getting to know you. So mm-hmm. I, I think the your story is awesome. 
Huh? The trans world thing? Trans world yeah. and how it led to what you're doing yeah. now. So, Just, you know, quick quick synopsis of your of your life and where we're at now and uh, why why Swap Moto became Swap Moto, you know? Oh, you want here's the Cliff Notes fifty cent version. Ooh, Gosh, fifty right? cent version even. We're, we got more in, than a quarter. I was in I was in college. Around college time my dad's all yo, time to be serious, be an adult. I'm not paying for your dirt bike stuff anymore. You got to figure out how to pay for it if, if you do. So college, like every kid, I'm like, well, freedom. Sure, I don't have to check in with roll call and everything, right? <laughs> so I start screwing off. Um, but I figure out that if I write articles for this thing called Cycle News, local newspaper, it was a national newspaper, but I figured out that if I wrote race reports in the back for the race club organization, I get to race for free. So I <clears throat> talk to the promoter, Stu Peters at CMC, and I go, hey, I want to be your local reporter. He goes, yeah. He gives me this camera. So I shot photos and wrote stories for Cycle News. Boom, get to race for free, right? It works. So that's all I was doing so that I could race. I didn't want to do that for a living or anything. It was a way to race without paying 30 bucks, which I didn't have. But then I realized I don't have to go to school and college because no one's holding me accountable, so I'm ditching class and going riding and stuff. And <laughs> the first semester of my sophomore year, I'm on academic probation. I get kicked out of school. They tell me I have to get my GPA up at local college, community college, to get back into university. I'm like, shit, all right. So I'm uh, going to junior college, and I'm at the time I'm working at a carpet cleaning place. Carpet cleaning place and... A place called Glamour Shots. That's right. We, we talked about oh. this in the yeah, first right. one, too. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but also writing for Cycle News. And Cycle News calls and goes, hey, we have this position. You're our best contributor. Boom, did that. Cycle News for seven years. Got hired by Dirt Rider Magazine. Did that for a year. And then launched MX Racer Magazine, which is a spinoff of Dirt Rider. Did that for a year and a half. And then I got recruited by Transworld to start Transworld Motocross in 2000. So 19 years of doing Transworld, highly successful, largest motocross magazine in the world. During that 19 years, we had like five owners. Like, you know, today of corporate media, you get bought, right? So right. I was owned by AOL, owned by Time Warner, owned by Time's Mirror. Anyway, so we get bought in January of 2019. And I was actually at Dan Bilzerian's house. The millionaire yeah. guy filming Dean Wilson riding his dirt bike through the mansion, and we get this email like, "Oh, new new uh, new owner of town hall tomorrow," and I'm like, "I'm not going to that." So I text my boss, "I don't have to go to that, right?" Because he was real lenient with me. He goes, "You better come." I'm like, "Oh, this isn't good." So we go in, and they say, "Oh, well, we're owned by uh, American Media, and unfortunately, David Pecker, a great name, doesn't uh, like motorized sports, so." You guys are laid off effective 11 a.m. today. So, boom. Oh, wow. Uh, January 19th, 2019, no job. 19 years career just down the toilet, right? Wow. So, yeah, January. You didn't go back to Glamour Shots, right? No. Okay, just no, checking. I considered it. But, <laughs> no, but, like, I don't know. Let's just, I've got I've, All these bad things in my life have happened between, like, September and February. So for me, it's like fourth quarter sucks. So 
And then I don't like the stress of Supercross being in town. I mean, yeah, it's fun. When I'm actually at the race working, it's great. I love the people. I love the racers. I love shooting photos, videos. But like for this week, for instance, right? Like it's Monday. Tomorrow, because people are in town, we're doing five Swap Moto Live shows. Tomorrow. It's exhausting. And then Wednesday, the Lawrence brothers have a press conference at South Coast Plaza in the parking lot or something. So we're doing that. And then Thursday is this big Fox party and pit bike race. We're doing that. And then Friday is press day. And then the race is Sunday. I don't know. I just want to ride my bicycle. Yeah. Is that is is A one always just way more because of because yeah, it's, it's the first race and then A one is such a cool guy show, you know. Yeah, like everybody's there at the pits. And, you know what really sucks is like I have like amazing friends and like casual friends and everything. And it's like like if I I came to the bike shop, right? Like yeah, I'll come there and bring my dog and hang out for a while. But I was like, just imagine like fifty of your friends coming and trying to hang out while you're at work, right? So and I'm one, I'm working. But I'm walking through the pits and I'm getting pulled like by people like people I see every day, but they're like with their friends. They're like, oh, hey, what? Well, because they get to say they know you. That there uh, is that difference. It is. <laughs> I mean, worth, that's not worth bragging about. I'm just saying, in but your it's like, head, but but yeah, I'm just saying, like you know, I'm there to work, right? And I'm trying to work, and yeah. my friends are trying to hang out. And, well, it is different, uh, right? Just, it is. And I'm one stressful. Two and three are less, and they're more. Three is usually enjoyable. Yeah. But and I'm one is gnarly. Yeah. And then they have this dress code for photographers. We have to wear black pants and a collared shirt. It's oh, totally, that's so totally you. Totally your style. Yeah. Can you get them in your new sizing, please? Yeah. <laughs> Do you tell them you're only wearing white now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if, you, and if, some, if you wear a hat, it has to be black. Like, do these crazy rules because, you know, we, I guess we're on TV. Yeah. In the way, so I, I don't know. Is my hat black? It's yeah, black it with is. white lettering. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but but it, it's it's what you made your career of doing. I mean, yeah, no, you no, made no, you made I am your not career. Complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm super right. blessed. I know I'm very very lucky to have made a career out of something that comes easily to me and revolves around. My and what passion. you love. I mean, mm-hmm. let's let's be real. Like, I mean, I'm I'm around cyclists. Like, I try to tell my employees like we get to sell something that makes somebody happy. We're not, you know, but it, on the reverse, it's not a necessity in life. It's a want or a desire, right? Yeah. So that's the difference. But so people walking in that door want something. They want they want that desire to be on two wheels, wind in their face, whatever we're doing, right? But you you're living what a lot of people would call a dream life as well. Like you get to set your own your you know, your own time, your own your own schedule, everything, mm-hmm. and you're making a living doing it and it's what you love and do. You know, and well, how many people? And, and I think that's what because I've been self-employed my whole life, right? And so I get, I get when they say, "Well, you have to do this," and that's just like them telling you, "Well, if you're media, you have to be doing this." It's like I'm used to doing what I want when I want, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's how you go through most of your year. Mm-hmm. And so when you get told, "No, you have to do this," it's like what? Is that when you guys say, do you know who I am? No, I've never said that. Yeah, you you never feel like that. It's just like, I'm just doing what I want, Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, I get it. I get it. And you had a a sore subject. You can tell me no or not, but you also lost a friend who they remade a bike for doing whips that went into a foam pit. I I didn't know anything about that either. Mm. So Yeah, so uh, Japanese uh, factory Suzuki racer. Uh, Because I used to... 
when the world was open, I used to go to Japan every March or April to see the first Japanese national motocross of the year. Okay. Because they don't have a production rule there, right? And four of the seven or eight manufacturers in Japan. So that's where you see the works bikes, you know, the, the experimental yeah. bikes in the years before. So that was a regular thing for me. And so, like, I have a lot of great friends in Japan. And, and this one racer, Cloud Toda, he was super cool guy. We're good friends. He got paralyzed in a crazy freak accident. And uh, I went and visited him in Japan when he was in his chair and stuff. But Psycho, like, builds a wheelchair bike with bars around his legs and wants to keep riding dirt bikes, right? So uh, he comes to the U.S. to ride. And is one of my craziest memories. I'm riding with him at Milestone. You know, obviously he's paralyzed, so I can keep up with him now, you know, because he's not as fast. So we're riding. <laughs> and he eats crap in front of me, just eats crap you gotta figure when you're a wheelchair guy you're strapped to your bike yeah. like they put a go-kart seat on the motocross seat so there's like this bucket see right, right. and then he's like strapped in his legs are strapped in feet are strapped in there's metal bars protecting his legs so they don't get crushed so he eats crap and he's just like all <laughs> like <laughs> flopping around because he's seat belted to his bike it's like bow and he's skidding across the ground you see his head bouncing up and down off the ground and i'm like Oh my God. And I stop and I throw my bike down. I run him. I'm all cloudy. Are you okay? And he's just like, it sounds like he's crying. And I'm like, fuck, he broke his neck. But I listen and he's laughing like hysterically, right? And I'm all, dude, are you all right? Are you all right? And he's just cracking up. I'm all, is anything hurt? And he's laughing. He can't even talk. So I pull his goggles off and he's all, Don son. <laughs> I have dirt in my mouth. <laughs> I never thought I'd have dirt in my mouth again, you know, because he cried and he was so happy to eat shit. And I don't know. But anyway, so his goal is to be in the adaptive motocross race in the X games, uh-huh. you know, which was a stadium race. But then X games did away with that. Right. So he had no goal all of a sudden. So he was all sad and depressed. And then he got this crazy idea to try to just get an entry into best whip. And I'm like, how can you whip? You can't move your legs, dude. And sure enough, he's like sending me these videos from Japan, practicing these whips. And by the end, he was really, really good. He could throw it really far. And like, he sent me a text like a couple weeks before Christmas. And I was just like, holy crap, dude. You know, I think that's good enough to get in, you know. And plus you're in a wheelchair and, you know, I'll see what I can do about pushing the right buttons and everything. And then, yeah, day after Christmas, uh it was day out, no, it was the 29th. Uh, my other friend, Japanese freestyle guy, Taka Agashino, he texts me, he's all, Donnie, son, have you heard about Cloud? And yeah. So he's practicing, and he landed in the foam pit, and uh, the, I think the exhaust pipe caused a piece of foam to catch on fire, and like, a normal rider can climb out and get out, and, you know, then they get the fire extinguishers, but he basically burned to death. Oh, my gosh. So How long ago was that? Like 2007. I think seven or six, but not too long ago. And you give tribute to him, and this, I, I, yeah. I, I, I read your whole thing on it, so it's yeah. awesome. Like, it's cool because it's not being forgotten. You, like, I learned something about you, and yeah. you know, and then, and then just this past week, you realized your dog's birthday, and the you same day, yeah, was the same day, and yeah. you had to put your dog down yeah. after all these years. The the, the whole, uh, well, so two of my friends, my best friend Darren. He he died 14 years ago on December 29th also, but he had uh, he crashed at Elsinore and had uh, bleeding on the brain, mm-hmm. 
Mm. But like, it's funny because after he passed and stuff, we talked to his brother and stuff. And like, we didn't realize that he had had a bout with uh, cancer earlier in the year. He kept it real private, right? Yeah. And so testicular cancer, I guess, supposedly the next place it usually spreads is your brain. And I remember before he crashed and got hurt, he was having these really crazy migraines where he was laying on the ground under his truck at the track and stuff. But So his close friends, we like to believe that that's what got him, not a crash on the yeah. track of all places because he's a good rider. Yeah. But, yeah, so we lost him that day too. So that day really sucks for me, the 29th. Yeah. But then when I realized that it was Yuki's birthday – I was like, oh, well, one good thing happened on that day, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But I don't know. Well, and I happen to remind him of the other thing that happened from September to to now is that. Oh, I got to meet her. <laughs> <laughs> right? Special times. <laughs> yeah. You agreed. I so agree. I, I, I made yeah. him laugh that day. It was yeah. good. Yeah. So that way he likes my Monday oh, uh-oh calls. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. So I just think it's cool because. A lot of your your life, you do live out loud and you do show it in the thing, but it's you're not trying to just hide it. You were like, look, this is the reasons why. And so it was awesome. I think it was really, I mean, I learned that about, and then you, you didn't hide the story. And so you're still, he's still living through you, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I know your dog, because I happened to call you that day and you're like, we're taking my dog. I'm like, don't bother about calling me back. I'm so sorry, you know, because that's when we we're first going to do the first yeah. uh, podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, you're amazing. Like anyone in, in there's a, a girl from Intense who does, I think, whatever her title is, but marketing, whatever, Sarah Neary. And she's she like how nice you are and everything. And I'm like, are we talking about the same guy? Because he's not. So nice. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. And so it, anyone we've run across, it's always been a good thing about mm-hmm. you. Not like, you know, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, you've done, not only have you done well, you haven't burned bridges or been an ass in between um, to, I mean, I'm sure you could be, but. Oh, I got, I got haters for sure. Oh, there is, yeah. there is, but you're, but everyone's going to have haters. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, heck, what we're doing, people are going to have Dude, haters. Dude, I got hated on for my vlog a couple of weeks ago. Why? Well, so I went to, you've ridden El Prieto, JPL. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, you know, how technical El Prieto is, right? Mm-hmm. So. My old PR on my old Strava, I had a seven-minute time, like 7.52 or something, right? So I've lost my Strava, so I have a new one, and so I'm like, going. And my buddies, my buddy and I, my best friend Kyle, we took our e-bikes with the intention of doing two laps, right? So we go. And you I'm, didn't change your settings. The first, No, 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 I stretched oh, okay. it, but no, the first lap, I'm hauling ass down, and I literally go over the bars bigger than crap in like the third switchback. Yeah. Hit a tree. And I, so I'm like, oh, let's just go check it out. And so I'm not going full speed, but we cross paths with like people hiking up El Prieto, which I think is dumb. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know why anyone hikes. Hikes like extreme <laughs> living. It's like walking is what people do, right? Like it's extreme life. Oh, yeah. Get a bicycle. Do something different than i don't know why he'd have haters i don't <laughs> right but anyway hold on let's, so, let's just take that moment for a minute hold on. <laughs> okay go on so i'm passing these hikers and i i i say good morning to everyone right yeah. i as a rule because i don't want to be the guy that gives bicycling a bad name right so I, hey good morning but if they don't say anything back i always go i'm doing great thanks for asking you know i make them feel you like, answer it yeah 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 so anyway 
cross paths with all these hikers and most people say hello and I'm like, Hey, have a good ride or one more friend behind me. Yeah. But then I catch some really slow dudes going down on bicycles, but I'm like, whatever. I'm just cruising behind them. And then they let me buy or whatever. I'm like, yeah, good. And then at the bottom of the trail, I'm like talking to them. A couple of them are these Filipino guys that are super cool. I'm like, Hey, you need to stand up more and this and that. And then we go up for second lap and I don't know how, but we didn't see anyone. And like first time down, we saw probably 12 people. Second time down, I'm just ripping. I'm going and not making any mistakes. And I'm going and I've ditched my friend. I can't even hear him behind me. And he's Mr. Bell guy, right? And I, so I can't hear him. I'm out of his <laughs> Mr. Bell. Bell guy. And I'm going. And There's a t-shirt. I'm the Bell guy. like two turns before then. You know that one part of El Prior Museum where there's that tree hanging out and you got to. Yeah, yeah. I'm in that corner and I, I nail it. I go, huh. I can't believe I haven't seen any hikers. And I like literally like glance at my watch and I'm in like the 730 range. <laughs> I'm like, yes. And then I look up and there's some old guy walking and I go and skid. So he hears me and I'm thinking he'll like jump out of the way, but he doesn't. He's walking and I get to that real narrow part. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, hello. How you doing? And he's all, he sounds like Woody Allen. He's like, Oh, it's really narrow here, and I'm taking my time. I'm like, well, yeah, you do that. Be careful. <laughs> and he, I clocked. He cost me 48 seconds. <laughs> and then he finally moves out of the way. I'm all, thank you, sir. I passed him. Like, Tight lip and everything. Yeah, yeah I don't, I'm not going to say anything to him. Yeah. A couple of turns later, I'm all, you fucking guy. <laughs> and then the last turn, I'm all, you should be playing damn shuffleboard, not hiking. <laughs> Dude, somebody just ripped me on my YouTube for talking shit to hikers. But I'm like, oh, because it was a video and they heard you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Oh, whatever. Oh, my God. Whatever. You know, there's going to be haters no matter what you yeah. do. So well, whatever. no, but I mean, yeah, maybe that, that's how you, maybe I shouldn't say shit. Yeah, you're passionate. You know? God, I was mad, dude. I had a good ride. <laughs> 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 I've had a, I crossed paths with this old Korean hiker lady who hikes up uh, Trencherous off Skyline all the time. I've crossed paths with her on Diablo and Trencherous and like, She's psycho. She uses those little canes. Those yeah. And one day I came around and she saw me coming. And I was all, Ryder. She moved out of the way. And when I passed her, she hit me in the head with her stick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? You know, like I don't talk crap to her because she's Korean. She's fellow Asian, right? <laughs> Yellow blood. Oh, so there's so, there's so I'm much. Teasing. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. But, but I mean, yeah, that lady. She know. whacked you. I wouldn't even have the... I'd be scared to whack somebody. Like, yeah, she hit oh, me in the helmet. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> hikers. Yeah. Well, you have those. Hikers that... should hike the fire roads. They should. Stay off the single track. That's obviously a mountain bike trail with jumps, right? I don't know. I hate hikers. I don't know. Is that one where we rode it and I seen the bobcat, that big old thick towel, and I was like, I'm not going over there. He's like, well, what's your other option? I'm like, yeah. oh, like yeah. it was scary. I was like, yeah. uh. Yeah. Hikers. Or to mountain biking, what quads are to dirt bikes? <laughs> I'll just say it. I'll leave it there. <laughs> He's putting that on the table. Yep, We're good. Yep. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I mean, I it's, it's, it's you walk. Walking's part of life. Yeah. And so you can just walk on a trail and get in someone's way. Get a bicycle. <laughs> Make it different. Well, I think I think they should do it like. Hiking trail, cycling trail, because you go places be, and they have be, those. It would be nice to have the the space for that, or 
to have the people that actually yeah. want to put in the work to do that. But yeah, yeah but, there, there are places that are like that. Yeah, but if we do that in California, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, shut it you down. You know what? Like, you know, you know I've they tried over. to make uh, Santiago Oaks directional, at least. Yeah. But they, 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 they took it down. They said they're going to evaluate the data. Yeah. I've gone over this before on the on the the podcast too is that we just live in a place where everybody's active we no we just we're not um we're not a a culture that that is super active honestly Mm -hmm. because you go to other places i've brought it up before bellingham sedona are like two perfect places everyone lives in harmony together that way because because the hikers even if they're out of state or whatever, they just expect to see bikes on the trail. They're not shocked when they see a bike on the trail. Well, yeah. here, where it's every side, even on the road. It's, I mean, I've seen three wide. I get it. But even if you're single wide, there's cars that don't give that three foot space. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's like, and it's always the cyclist's fault. Always. Yeah. I don't think well, anyone. It's like, yeah. Mar- Marshall Canyon is a perfect example by us, you know, that is a trail that gets a lot of trail Horses, use. Horses, hiking, ton joggers. ton of use. And it's, I don't even ride there anymore. No, I'm afraid of because, a head-on. Because there's so many people on the trail, and, and you're always in the wrong. Yeah. The cyclist is always in the wrong. So, you know, it's it's frustrating because, like, oh, shoot, this is – I can ride from my back door and be there in five minutes from my back door, but I don't ride there because mm-hmm. it's just so it just takes ca- the fun out of it. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the entities of cycling, too. Nobody nobody talks, right? Like, mm-hmm. nobody can commu- – so it's the same thing, like – the hikers think they're the, the they're it's right. their way or no way. Right. You know, the runners, to, the according horses. To swap, they shouldn't even be out there. I know. <laughs> you know, but it's the same thing. And so it's like <laughs> it there's no unity on yeah. any of that. It's yeah. like I'm out, I'm doing my thing, no matter you know, it's it's that same Entitlement. Yeah, entitlement, exactly. Entitlement and on the trail. No matter where you go, it sucks because I've seen it and I've heard it. I mean just like you said, I'm coming down. I'm the first one saying sorry, but at least I'm going slow enough that I'm not going to run anyone over. I'm appreciative to stop, and I'm not looking mm-hmm. at my watch to see how fast I'm going. I do yeah, the parade wave, you know? Got to get the PRs. Oh, see, I'm not mm-hmm. about that. I'm good. I've explained that to you guys before. How are we looking on time? You're almost at an hour. All right. Wow. So as your, as your uh, guest producer, I would suggest taking a commercial break, but not ending it because I have some cycling things I want to ask you about. Okay. Oh, dang. Here we go. All right. Well, here we go for our commercial break. How much thought have you put into your mountain bike suspension? Most riders set the air pressures, and that's the last time they ever think about it. But why not make the most of the technology inside your bike's fork and shop? The crew at Trail Tune Suspension can help you dial in your ride with factory-level service and tuning, complete with data acquisition equipment to really analyze your needs based on your skill, speed, height, weight, and riding locale. Fast turnaround times, competitive pricing, and free return shipping inside of Southern California make the Trail Tune Suspension Crew the obvious choice to get your ride dialed in. Support local homegrown businesses. Check them out at trailtunesuspension.com. Thank you, Trail Tune. Yeah. All right, so, so you have some bikes to tra- wait. Trail tune, yeah. You know what? My perception of this. Tell me if I'm wrong, right? In motocross, everybody gets their suspension done. Yeah. Right, like, like there's people that before they ride the bike, they get their suspension. Yeah. Done. Well, guys that are heavier or lighter or faster. Right, you tune for it sure. in for sure. 
But like, even like goons, like vet novice guys that don't need a pipe or suspension, they get their suspension done, right? Mountain biking, everyone rides stock stuff for the most part, right? Why is suspension tuning not that popular in motocross? Good question. Or, or in mountain biking. Yeah, good question. Because there has to be a setup for it, right? Like, like I mean. Every, everything's air, so, you know, there's, I mean. But that's the, air spring. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But. Well, but, I, I mean, I, I've seen it. So, bikes come with really good suspension now because, I mean, if you're paying for that level of bike that you're doing it. I just like people who get road bikes should get fits. If you're, if you're doing, you know, if you're spending anything more than $2,000, you should get a bike fit on your bike. Cause everything, you know, lined up your pedals, your saddle, your bars, your, you know, stem, all that. I agree with that suspension. We tried it a long time ago to like, Hey, for 80 bucks dial in your suspension. I think because they come so good and people think you could just go on the website or whatever and dial it in yourself mm -hmm. that, you know, they sell you your pump, right? So that's all you really need. And I think, um, in my opinion, I don't think people find it as necessary, right? Mm -hmm. But that... I, mean, I, I I'll say I'm... I, I get my mountain bike and I sit there, pressure and look to make sure that thing moves one third of the stroke. I'm good. I just like, close it when i climb and open it when i go down yeah but like like it's funny because my brother ross at enzo he's like regarded as one of the best suspension tuners in motocross and yeah. he's invented several things that change the sport i like a oh, dude there's way more mountain bikes out there you should like just learn how to replace seals and yeah. that. you'll grow your business and he goes mountain bikes are stupid i'm like no no really he goes no we've taken it apart there's like three valves in that like so Mountain bike suspension components are primitive compared to motocross stuff, right? But there's still got to be some tunability in there. Like, you can't, like, I wonder, like, does a guy like Bernard Kerr, does he race a stock shock and fork? No. They're, they're, are they valved for those guys? Yeah, yeah. I think I think for sure they do some valving. And, and I know John at Trail Tuned, like, because I've had to do some stuff revamping with losing the weight. Mm -hmm. And so I give him my, my weight and he's, he's made some, some yeah, stuff. Like, and yeah, I don't there's know. There's spacers inside there. There's like orange, yellow and red yeah. spacers. Yeah. So not everybody needs the way it comes. They do it stock for, for somebody that is your size, your weight, you know, on a medium bike, that's what it is. Yeah. Then we could set the suspension and the sagging. But it, that being said, there's also one step further than that. You're supposed to get your suspension serviced and overhauled, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. you, do you know how many people do not? Oh. And then just like your brakes. Majority. 90% yeah. of people don't And your brakes being bled. They think, oh, well, they're, you know, you bleed, you go get new brake pads on your yeah. car, right? Why would you not get your brakes bled on your bike? That's, but, why, that's why we have Roy Cycler. I just dropped my bike. Off. Right. <laughs> you know I take my bike to Roy with a Frappuccino <laughs> and he fixes it while I wait. <laughs> oh, he so does. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> but that's the thing. And that, that oil is black in there. But yeah. you know that it needs to be done. Well, yeah, because when oil breaks down, it loses its viscosity. Yeah, and it loses loses its ability to dampen right yes. properly. So, so yeah, yeah, I mean, but I th I I agree because I've oft often wondered the same thing. It's like, why isn't this because of being in yeah. moto so, my I mean, whole life too? That's what was intriguing about this trail tune suspension commercial that I, I helped yeah. you make. But like, it's like, wow, like there's a company that does this stuff. Out yeah, there, right? so he's actually a marine. A um, Ex -marine, he's yeah. he's ex-marine he's worked he's worked in a, a bike shop before he's an older gentleman john is super nice like mm -hmm. he will go out of his way nice to make sure you're happy with what it is and 
he is is passionate about it and so he like even buys all the tools you know and tries to get to widen his spectrum like you know whether it be the Owens or whatever and um fox suspension c-post mm -hmm. so like there's certain things he still has to get stuff to do but his turnaround time like if you send something in and it's a three to four week wait somewhere else he's he's local we can you know and he's he takes care of the um T3 uh, mountain bike race program. So mm -hmm. we send stuff into him and we actually market and he keeps track of it and he gets the rider's weight because then he puts it all back together and if he needs to replace something, mm -hmm. then he's like sending it for their weight. So yeah, it, there are those businesses out there. Yeah. But he's, he's definitely one that's more into because he keeps logs of it. It's not like yeah. calling, I love Fox and you know, you have DVO who knows what you're doing as well. But yeah, you should. It, it, yeah. it it's, it's your yeah, bike I, performing. When I was on DVO, I used to take my stuff to the Martins and they'd rebuild it and stuff. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, is like this whole trail tune thing is intriguing to me, right? Like I'd like to meet the guy and talk to him, ask him about things, but like, is there more tuning at the custom level with valving or just different weights? Oils, oil heights. I think it's, I think it's pressure? more, yeah, I don't valving know. If, and the I don't tuning. know if it's valving so much. Not valving. Um, the, yeah, it's the, the spacers. the spacers and stuff yeah. on what you're doing. It's funny because to me, like on a motocross level, like the spacers, it seems like such a primitive thing. You right. Know? But like I remember there was one generation of forks or whatever where, where Ross was like, dude, this is what works really good. You'll laugh. <laughs> it was like a piece of PVC pipe. Right. Yeah, I remember there. that. I remember. But like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean. I, I think one of the biggest things, at least in, in biking, is the weight. Like that's always an issue, like how to how to keep the white, you know, how to keep the weight down oh, on the yeah, bi yeah, on the bicycle. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, and so it's like the more stuff that you add to a fork, yeah. the heavier it's going to be. So it's like they they've they have to just keep things minimal, mm -hmm. just for weight savings. Well, maybe we need to do a a day that we can do it on a Monday. I know you do your podcast, but after in January, but we'll drive to his place and do a setup at his place. Is he is he who you were going to say was could fix my fork? The scratched enduro fork that was keeping me from selling. Yeah, it. I would send it to him, and then he would he would he would uh, do the new stanchion and do that. Did you sell it like that? So the <laughs> so my enduro. You see his face? My, that went to a serious face. All like my, my enduro <laughs> came with thirty six fox yeah. forks, right? Sean Estes, amazing guy, right? He's taking care of me through my whole cycling life. He uh, he works at Fox, right? And so he calls me. He says, "Hey, we're coming out with this thirty eight fork." So I have 38 fork on my Enduro, 2020 Enduro, which came with a 36, yeah. right? So I put it on. First day I ride it, I <laughs> eat shit on Insidious at Greer, the yeah. rock trail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this big scratch up the outside of the stanchion. The Kashima coat's white, right? I'm like, shit. Never leaked, nothing. So it was a cosmetic thing, right? So I, the whole two years or a year and a half I had the bike, I'd be like sitting there. People would be like, oh, dude. And I'd be like, oh, well, it's a mountain bike, dude. You know, it's not a road bike. It's meant to crash it. So anyway, i go to sell the bike, you know, a month or so ago. And Wait a minute. Back up. He wasn't going to build his new bike till he sold his bike. Yeah, so yeah. I, got, I got the new. That Enduro. didn't last but two days, just so you know. And he still had his bike. Go on. So anyway, so I'm <laughs> trying to sell it. But everything I've sold in COVID is boom, like that, right? Yeah. I'm like, for what I want for it. So I list the Enduro, and I'm not getting any hits. I'm like, dang it. So I lower the price a little. Then I start getting hits. But every person's a tire kicker. Oh, that scratch. Oh, my God, the scratch on your fork. Well, 
that doesn't leak oil. It's a cosmetic thing. <laughs> everyone's being weenies about it. So I'm like complaining to her about it. She's like, oh, so I'm like, finally I'm all, damn it. I'll just, so I call Sean. I go, can I get a replacement sanction thing? Yeah, so he sends it. In the meantime, I get this guy hits me up that wants to buy it. And I go, well, I've, uh, and I don't say anything about the scratch because he's offering me what I want. Damn it. But you mentioned about the scratch in your ad. Yeah, but he didn't see it or something. I don't know. Okay. So I go to Walmart. Oh, gosh. You ever seen the three-pack of metallic Sharpies? Oh, yeah. There's a bronze, a silver, and a gold. Yeah. Which one matched? Gold and bronze. Gold and bronze together? Couldn't see it at all. Sold sold that sucker off. Nice. There's your your huck and ride tip. Nice. You can fix Kashima coat with bronze and gold straw. There you go, John. John from Chaltoon. You can fix it for the person who doesn't want to get it done, even though it doesn't leak. Nice. Uh, Yeah. So, no, John's a really nice guy. Um, I like it because it's a local guy doing his own business, Mm -hmm. and he's really quick turnaround. And if if he can get the part in or if he has it, you get your your fork back. Mm -hmm. And he does, I mean, obviously, you've seen the return shipping right away. So, and um, it's it's cool. Like he's he's real, and that's what I like. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Passion, right? Local Does he do coatings? Well, because see, now I have this new stank, the tubes crown. Yeah. Seriously. So I'm gonna send it to SGB Racing, who yeah, does yeah. coatings for. Uh, uh, he does coatings for that, yeah. my brother, but I'm gonna have him strip the Kashima and make it that green. Blue, weird, oh like an oil slick looking. Might be kind of cool. Yeah. Have the only set of 38s like that. Yeah. Void the warranty, you're good. I don't have to worry about warranties. You call Sean. Yeah. I'm just saying this so if someone else tries it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this whole cycling thing. Yeah. Why are there so many damn fashion rules in bicycling? Fashion? Like okay, what? okay, okay, okay. So when I started, right? Come here, Louis Vuitton belt guy. Let's hear when this. When I started riding, <laughs> yeah. you know, Sean gave me a S-Works stump jumper hardtail. Right. Right? Well, I weighed 195 pounds, so I'm not going to wear Lycra, but that was not in my vocabulary anyway, right? So I got – that. actually, I used to ride in a bib with board shorts Duh. and a, a, a sleeveless fox T-shirt, right? And I was happy as a clown. But uh, which is fine apparel, right? But not when you're riding S Works stump jumper hardtail, I guess. Well, because you're expected to have the bougie with the bougie. But I mean, so I've got these friends that ride bicycles, and they're like, "Oh, dude, you can't do this. Oh, your sunglasses have to go on the outside of your straps or your helmet. You can't wear a Camelback (laughs) with Lycra. You know, you you need to ride with my crew. You can't do this, that, this, that. So." The thing is, is I've bought into all of it now, right? Like, I just it's just it's just part of cycling. Like, I, I believe yeah. that now, right? I'm mean, yeah. brainwashed, right? Yeah. So, like, even like Justin Brayton, like high end cycling abilities, right? Yeah. Owns a specialized dealership back home. He's out here riding. I see a picture of him on Instagram, and he's riding an Epic Evo at San Clemente, but he's wearing baggy clothes, cross country shoes. And a cross-country helmet with no visor. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, come on. But yeah. I catch myself down. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Why is it like that? I don't Why know. Is I don't like know because I'm not, I'm not like that. So, so I, don't, I don't think yeah. that I am. 
Do you wear a fanny pack and, and a if I need cross-country to. helmet? If I need to. Really? If Depends on where he's going. If it's convenient. Yeah, yeah so, I don't care. So one of my friends, actually one of my best cycling buddies who got me into riding in the first place is my attorney. He's big on these rules. And there's some stupid Velominati or something list of rules. Have you seen those? No. Oh, dude. Well, you know the N plus one rule, right? Not enough bikes. And N is the the ideal number of bikes to own is N plus one. Yeah, yeah. N is the number of bikes you currently own. So he's always spouting that. But so he's the fashion police. And one day we go to ride and he's on this Ibis trail bike and he's wearing... He's wearing Lycra with trail shoes, a camelback, and a visor helmet. And I took a picture of him really quick <laughs> and made all the call-outs of everything he did wrong. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. It's just. It's just trippy because, like, I know the first time, so Jay's brother got on a road bike, and he didn't have anything, and he showed up to my job. And he's in, and that's when Shimano had boots like this, like middle right here. They had high top, high like, top like mountain, mountain bike, bike shoes, shoes right? For so, like bat inclement weather? Um, I think that they were kind think, of for, for I don't weather, know. I but think they, uh, were, they were just, were ankle, just more ankle protectors, right? Yeah. You don't get ankle bites. Yeah. So he's wearing those. He's wearing the socks that show long, so taller socks. And back then, road, tall socks and road biking did like not no go together. Sock, right? It was those no-shows, yeah. yeah. So then hairy legs. he's wearing hairy He has hairy legs. Baggy shorts and a one camelback. of our, a camelback and one of our baggy two. And I said, you can't show up on a road bike. And I'm like, well, he goes, I have all this stuff for my road bike in my bag. I'm like, no, you're supposed to get a seat bag. So I did the same thing. Of course, my selling part of me came out. Right. Yeah. And, um, and he's like, and I think he did it more than now just to annoy me. He did it like every single time, but it's a, a lot. And a lot of people wear, use their mountain bike paddles on their road bikes because then you only have to have one pair of shoes so it becomes a a budget thing right yeah well i want to ride my road bike but i want to keep my same shoes like a lot of people will take your trail shoes and use them as your road shoes as well that's goofy though isn't it i I think it's more goofy the other way someone taking their road bike yeah buying road pedals because they have road shoes but now they got into a little bit of trail riding like you can't even do that because you can't unclip out of road clips in an instant well they do oh there's people that have road pedals on their on their trail bikes, and I'm oh, like, that's goofy, yeah, right? But I think it's just. But then again, too, like, well, how about how about out on the moto track though? Because this happens in mountain biking too. But like, a fly jersey with fox pants. Oh, you can't cross brand. See, no, you can't cross brand. Yeah, no, I say no, right? I, I would right. never do it or let in my. But it's a budget it. thing. But yeah, you see it all the time, right? You know, yeah. Like, well, I have a picture of me out. Racing my first three wheeler, and I'm wearing Suzuki O'Neill pants and a Kawasaki jersey, green and white Kawasaki jersey, and I'm on a red Kawasaki. But like, I didn't care. I was just yeah. like, whatever. Right. Right. So that's. I think it's the same thing. I mean, there there's those elitist in every group. Don't get me wrong. I think downhill, I've met the least amount of elitist. Even enduro has some of them. Yeah. They they because. You got to remember how I crossed over road. XC guys come from road. Some of the XC guys cross over to enduro. A lot of them don't like the downhill stuff, right? Those are the ones that you get kind of the elitist stuff through. Downhill doesn't like we're all here for a good time, right? Like so, it's it's downhilling and it's fun. The thing is, is but going the opposite way, you won't get it. You won't get the XC guy going to road, but the ones that do are that elitist. 
mm-hmm. and they'll show up, race, and go home. Like, you know, no hanging out, no festival. We've talked about this before. Like, you hanging out in the pits is fun. Well, when you're not working. But you know what I mean? Versus you just show up, race, and go home. Like, why? That's why it's so quick. That's why people don't put money into it. Mm. So I think it's the same thing. And and it is that when you get on that S-Works level or that, you know, the, the Madone level mm. of the road bike, here you go. This is what you're supposed to be. And I think people feed into that. Like, I don't care if you're on something that's $20 or, you know, in clothing versus, you know, does the chamois make a difference? Oh, yeah. When you're riding, it does. Mm-hmm. But not everyone can afford a $1,500 bike and then go spend. Oh, my buddy has this. You know, so a lot of them will buy, hey, here's a bib and go you wear whatever shirt, you know, I mean, it's sad to say it, but mm-hmm. Under Armour, you know, the, the, all those shirts still wickening just cause, and they can afford that for 20 bucks off of Walmart or Kmart or oh, Kmart's not around, you know, Target <laughs> or whatever versus buying a $60 Jersey. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that might be why you see it. But I think a lot of it is, I'll say it being tightwad, <laughs> yeah. you know, like your bike's your cheap part in all reality. And we always say that the bike is the cheapest part because you could, you always have to stay on top. Whether you do mountain bike, you're putting, you know, cush cores in you're you know, going tubeless, your, your shoes, your, you know, it, that all, I mean, you're not going to keep the plastic same pedals that those test ride pedals that you mm-hmm. get with your bike. Right. But you'd be surprised on how many people will ride with those for years. Mm. You know, loose ball bearings that, you know, they've yeah. rusted out. You know, we've all done it, right? Like, it comes with it. You don't know any different, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, it's in any sport. Mm-hmm. It just it depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else on your mountain bike? You had, that was. Mm, anodized parts are coming back, huh? They yeah. are. Yeah. What color They're, do you like? So, so, in the 90s. Yeah. For reasons unknown, my dad took an interest in mountain biking, right? When he was like 66 years old. And, uh, dude, he was crazy. He'd read mountain bike action and he'd fall for all the little ads in the back stuff. But, I mean, he had, <laughs> he had, <clears throat> his last bike was a Cannondale Super V 10,000 or whatever, like the best, like the S-Works equivalent. You're right. right? 8,000. It was so nice. But he had every freaking anodized chichi on the thing right yeah like and and as did i i had a what i had a i had a super v like a lower line one but like everything i had was blue anodized ringlet blue stuff yeah yeah that chris king blue headset it was all no 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 i had purple yeah my see, dad I had, had purple pur- i had purple which is really lame right and then when so all of a sudden anodizing was out and i was like oh man because it's purple and i figured i'd put oven cleaner on it it stripped it back to silver but like it just cracks me up that like anodized stuff's back in now yeah yeah slowly coming back yeah it's it, it was all black and silver you know like for a while but like even the anodized bars like went away for a while like i mean i still have some but i mean i did one year i did my was it my jeep no what bike did i do all pink oh i did I everything know. i had hadley hubs mm-hmm. my nipples were all pink my hubs were pink Oh, whatever. She said it. <laughs> she, she said it. <laughs> Nipples on my rims were all pink. Mm. Um, and the headset, <laughs> of course, Chris King headset. Same thing. Dude, that stuff fades in the sun. Mm-hmm. It sucked. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, all right, now it went from a pretty pink to like puke pink. And I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm over this. So, yeah, but it is. And 
I mean, people do their valve valve stems. You can get a different tubeless. Look at all the yeah. different colors you can get. Okay, now. well, valve caps. Yeah. Lame or or yes? Because when I started riding bicycles, like all my buddies were like on the on the, the cap on the Presta. Yeah. Okay. Caps, you don't need them. You don't need them on the Presta. Okay. If you have a Schrader valve, you should have yeah, it because the, the dirt will get yeah, stuck but in on there. the Presta. You don't right? need them. We, and yeah. I even like saw. I remember when I was watching a How to Change Your Tube video that Bicycling did or something with Lance Armstrong. Yeah. And Lance was like, "Oh, do this this thing." you know and yeah, like, yeah yeah get and you'd be surprised but wait nitel at roy's puts them back on my bike like i bring my bike in he'll pull one on the shelf and put it back on we because because he's <laughs> anal you're it's supposed to have a, it like it comes with it and well, you're taught in the bike with, supposed to come with reflectors too you don't put those on well yeah i know but, but the thing is is like people honestly i'll tell you right now People call us when they get home, and they think their air is going to come out because they don't have that cap on there. Yeah. No, it, it's real phone calls. Yeah, I know, but but now there's, like, guys <laughs> with anodized ones. Yeah, well, because that's just going well, for like the, the, so, like the whole... So here's here's me. I'm, I'm practical. I like really practical things. Yeah. So a couple of the companies, PDs, Envy, I forget who else. With, but, the, with the rectangle so you can take the thing Yeah. Out. So I have that as the valve cap stem. That way I don't have to carry it. It doesn't get lost in my bag. What, the valve cap remover? My, my fanny pack. Yeah. So, yeah, it has the valve cap yeah. remover on it. At least that makes sense, though. Yeah. I, I like mean, that. We, I've gotten calls. I have to drive all the way back down there because you guys kept my cap. And it's like, you really don't need it. Next time you come in, we'll give but you your, 10 of them. But your employee made a living out of that. Trick tops. Yeah. So yeah, one of my one of my employees is the one who did trick tops. Where, but then it was it was back in BMX days with the you know like the dice and the, yeah, the yeah, little yeah. crowns and all that. Yeah, stuff but but it was also on Schrader valves, not on Presta. Right, right. I mean, there are Presta some out there with the bullets and all that now, but I don't know that I would. I mean, other than like if you're doing the tubeless ones, I don't think I would sweat it. Like, but us as a shop, and even where I worked, would you? You put it back on because you'll get a bad yelp because you didn't give them because they honestly think their air is going to leak out without that. Like people are funny on what that does. (laughs) So needed or not needed, Mm -hmm. not needed. You need purple ones. Yeah, purple ones. There you go. Well, it depends on what he's going to do his his stanchions on now, that green color. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I I have this buddy that I ride with that's – he makes his bikes goofy on purpose. Uh But he rips. He's so fast, right? But he's always ridden a hardtail. And he's like, goes to snow some of the hardtail and, and flies down the trail faster than all of us. But he broke his hardtail frame finally, so he has a new Norco suspension bike by rode with him the other day. Yeah. And I finally asked him, because, like, I've never said anything to him, but he rides in, like, corduroy pants and stuff. But, like, his new bike has, like, you know, like, if you go to the quarter machine at the grocery store, and you stickers of, like, yeah, reflective hearts and lightning bolts. He had these stickers on his bike, <laughs> and I'm looking at his valve stem caps, and he has the, the the stock cap, but he has these like little rubber unicorns on them, right? And so I'm like, dude, what's the deal with your bike? Are you are you <laughs> do you like men or are you do you think it's funny? He goes, oh, I think it's so funny because I I just make my bike goofy, and then people underestimate me. I'm like, oh, okay. Then yeah. it all made sense. But he makes his bike so goofy. But he says, well, where'd you get those caps? He goes, oh, they're pencil toppers 
from the quarter oh, machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he goes, and then I use hot glue, and it sticks on the... Yeah. the I have um, some o- ODI. ODI makes some cool things. ODI, because uh, Colby over at ODI definitely doesn't like any waste. So mm-hmm. packaging, all that, like on the BMX grips, that little black header card, behind one of the... So you could cut that out, and there's a hole, and then behind one of the um, bar end plugs... There's a key ring, the key, so the key, key ring. Key so you cut that out, and now you have an ODI keychain. Mm. So that way it doesn't r- r- ruin or waste that much rubber, right? So, and they also, if you ever go to the factory, you'll see the the rubber's all separated, and that's how they reuse. They actually remelt and reuse. So they're really mm-hmm. about recycling. Well, they made little um, Schrader valve and Presta valve little grips. So I have perp- I had purple ones on my. Oh, the um, little tiny yeah, that go yeah, outside yeah, yeah. your press. Yeah. yeah, so they look like min- they look like grips, but they're on the mm-hmm. valve. So I do that because it's ODI. We're sponsored by them, and mm-hmm. pretty cool little little thing. And so you can do different colors or whatever. So I had purple on mine for a while. So yeah, until I sold my bike. So yeah. So Colby, does Colby listen into this? Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I think he, he does. Oh, Colby, you need to like go kick Johnny Jump in the butt and get back in on Swap Model Live. Oh, oh, there you there go. There you go, Colby. <laughs> Dude, how awesome is it, though, that that company is on every KTM, Gas Gas, and Husqvarna? It's amazing. Oh, it's like amazing. the whole lock-on grip thing. Like, I remember lock-on grips in motocross, ODI made them, and I was like, dude, that is so goofy. Like, early on, right? Right. Because the first option I remember I saw was, like, this big giant one, and it was all big, and the lock rings, like, your thumb or something but there's plenty about it i didn't like and i thought they were lame but then i had this friend kevin stevens that worked there and they revamped them and dude it pains me to glue any grip on now like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah like, like yeah. why it's like why why would you do that you know right right like, there's some things in motocross that are just like so primitive seeming like gluing your grips on and adjusting your rear shock with a hammer and a punch yeah right like, yeah well, KTM's Huskies and Gas Gas, you got Allen wrench now, but like still, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hitting this eleven thousand dollar bike with a hammer and a punch seems yeah. crazy. Yeah, as does gluing grips on. Yeah, definitely. It's I don't know, but it's it's. I like my little valve caps. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You um, know which ones are cool that they make for mountain biking? The ones that look like Vans. The oh yeah, the Vans, the Vans oh, grips. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we ran those for quite a while. Oh, I, 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 love, I have them on my downhill bike. I and love. And they're white. I have white Vans yeah, grips. Yeah, that, that stayed in a lot. I love my Vans grips. Like, mm-hmm. those are my most cushiony. Um, they don't wear out. The only time it comes back bad is when the kids on the team would take my bike because they think it's a pit bike because of the size of it. Mm-hmm. And they come back and they have, like, made them all nasty from their grips. <laughs> I'm like, ugh. And so, yeah, no, but I love. I love the Vans ones. Um, mm-hmm. I actually had the purple oil slick ones. The rings. That, the, the ring, no, Lock and my, my grips were that purplish oh, oil yeah. slip too. That went on my Levo. So, yeah, I love them. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. think their best grip is the, uh, I, I forgot what they're called, Dreadlocks. Yeah. The Tinker Wires grip. Yeah, the, the, the foam so ones. Good. The big foam ones. Mm-hmm. Yep, I have those yeah. on my bike now. I crashed too much for those. I ripped the ends off. Yeah. I go uh, with the Pro Elites. They're awesome. They're awesome, though. Yeah, the Pro Elites is... is Double side cushion is what I love. Palm cushion waffle. Yeah. Half waffle. Yeah. Yeah, we've been on them. They've been up they've been part of the team forever too. So it's been mm-hmm. it's it's good. I like it. Colby's a straight up stand up guy. I love him. Him and his family. Mm-hmm. Of course he's got two boys that love riding and do the BMX thing and then he's got a wild child girl. 
And, you know, so and their age gap is, is quite a few. So he's like, ooh, that one's challenging me. <laughs> so, and, and I mean, it's it's all good. So, All right. So Supercross kicks off this weekend. Don't don't say yeah. hi to swap in the pits if you see him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he'll be he'll be the one in all white. No, he won't. He's media. He's got to be in black. Um, Southridge kicks off this weekend. Predict you, is it Southridge is uh, all disciplines? Is it cross country? All, all disciplines. Yeah, yeah. That's at well, yeah, Fontana. Yeah, yeah. My first race ever was Southridge cross country race. Yeah, I got last by a mile. Yeah, I'll be out there. Fun. I'll be out there fun. all weekend. You know who was in my class? Who's the guy that Toby Henderson? Yeah. Well, I don't know why he was racing like age beginner, but because he's a big dude. He took off with us and he rode off the trail on one of the first straightaways and it's all boom hit this jump and was like way up in the air, crossed up, and I was like, Yeah. Whoa. Well, that's that guy that makes the number plates. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he pe petered out. I think I beat him. He's like, no, my guy beat. <laughs> I said hatred and all this. Nice. Huh? <laughs> Not no, hatred, no. Uh, hey, enviness. Okay, here's another thing. Yeah. So when I was riding cross country, it was always like, I remember I posted some picture of some hill in Chino Hills I couldn't get up because it was muddy. People were like, oh, don't ride in the rain. Don't ride after the rain. You'll ruin the trails. So you're yelling at me for that, mm -hmm. right? And then I used to take my bike to Rock and Road, and I remember Matt Smith took my bottom bracket apart, and water came out. Don't, don't, don't wash your bike. You're washing it like a dirt biker. Don't do that. So don't get your bike wet. Don't ride in the mud, right? My first Kenda Cup was at Vale Lake in the pouring rain. Yeah. And I'm, like, riding all miserable, and there's, like, mud in my butt crack, and I'm, like, going, wait, they yell at me for riding in the mud. I'm now racing in the mud, and they yell at me for getting my bike wet, and I'm racing in the rain. I don't know. Why is this a double I, standard, right? Well, people in the U.K. ride in the rain all the time because they don't have a choice. Yeah. And they're really good riders. Mm -hmm. Like, it makes them really, really good riders. Like, they can ride in the wet routes and all mm -hmm. that, and it's like, I don't know if the, maybe the clay is different here, and it actually ruins the parts a lot more than mm -hmm. other places, but. I don't know, but as but as far as the the water part of it, it's I I there's two different things in what you guys are talking about. One's the dirt, one's the bike. Yeah, the water one, like Marshall Canyon, we we're talking about. You could tell when we'd get a bike in from somebody who rides Marshall Canyon because literally there's water in that bottom bracket just sitting in there and it rusts. Mm -hmm. The thing is, it's don't ride in the rain if you're not gonna t spend the money to get your bike taken apart and done the right way. Mm -hmm. So it, legitly, you should take apart your bottom bracket, pull everything apart, clean it. Put it back together if you've ridden. I mean, if you're doing it like you did it on Tuesday and then you did it again on Saturday, Sunday, take it apart that week. But it's costly if you don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're paying $40 each time. But then that but that makes your bottom bracket last. A large venti frappuccino is five forty five. That's all it costs if you take it to Roy's. <laughs> well, that's because it's you. Uh, yeah. Mike, we're not putting out that your prices are that. He needs the, are you saying? Okay, he, now how's this? How are you supposed to wash your damn mountain bike then when it's muddy, right? But, okay, so I, I, you know. Sprinkle mode, early not power on, wash Early mode. on, early on with that very first bike SC gave me, I used to just put the nozzle on. Yep, there you go. So now I put it in like my bike stand that I have, right? Right. And what are you wearing while you do it? Are you wearing the right clothes while you're washing your bike? I just 
<laughs> I wear my Crocs and my board shorts. Right? But, well, I'll, I'll sprinkle it, get it wet, right? And then, like, I've got the muck off kit. So oh, yeah. And then I have the brush, and I brush it off. And then I hose it lightly, is, and then, you know, degrease the, the, what do they call that? The cassette? Yep. And all that and everything. And then I I used to. And this stuff smells good, too. Well, I used to pump up my air compressor and psh, blow all the air out, water yep. out and everything with air. And then, you know, lube the chain and then wipe the chain with the rag, like Mike says. And then I hit the brakes with contact cleaner. Right? So I took my bike in one time, and Mike's all, oh, Dad, it's all this water in here. And I told him how I wash it, and he goes, shut up, stupid. Don't use the air compressor. You're blowing the water into your bike. Is that true? I don't know. Mike's a pro. In, in some of the areas, yes. It is. Took him a but, Frappuccino, and this is what he yeah, told you. I, yeah, yeah, so you got a lesson learned with, with 525. Yeah. <laughs> um, so pressure washing, no. You definitely don't. No, no, that. I'd never... But even that nozzle on high, you'd be surprised on how many people think, oh, okay, same thing, like, you know, yeah. there's more leakage coming out of on a on a moto than there is on that bike, right? There's not holes for it to come out of. So what happens is it's, once again, even when you're riding, when it gets up in there, it's stuck in there until you take it apart. Mm-hmm. It takes tools to take apart your bottom bracket. It takes tools to take apart your hubs. And that's, thank God for sealed bearings and, in, in like, the hubs or whatever, but, and even in, in some of the bottom brackets, but the the water... And the blowing, you're fine. I mean, we used to blow down, you know, um, but some people get all up in there and some people still do. But the ones I've seen doing, done it, do it are mechanics who could take apart their stuff to do yeah, it. The, yeah. I've seen pressure washers go straight. Oh, yeah, I bought this pressure washer to wash my bike. I'm like, that's going to blow your seals. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I know they're sealed. Oh, they're sealed. Yeah, but only to a certain extent, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So that is, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to do it all the time. But I think it's more so just... Lightly hose out, you know, put your thumb in front of that water hose like you used to, mm-hmm. hose it off, and, you know, dry it off, and, you know, you're right by doing the chain and re-lubing, but mm-hmm. other than that, like, after so many times, it's the same thing about maintaining, it's get your forks done, get your bottom bracket done, you know, get your, I mean, if you're riding that much once a year, take, spend the 300, you bought a, you know, a four or $5,000 bike, you know, 3000 spend $300, and let a bike shop break down your bike to frame and build it back mm-hmm. up, because guess what? It's not going to cost you in the long run because you're not going to go through the rest of, you know, the rest and all that in the mm-hmm. new bottom brackets. Just wait till there's parts available. Yeah, just yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, and the other sure. part to that too is people don't realize your chain stretches, right? Chain stretches. And you can do the numbers. I'm going to go with, you know, 1,000 to 1,500 miles. Change your chain because then you could still use your cassette with that chain, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whatever the numbers are, we can look it up to be exact. But if you let it go too far... You have to replace everything. You have to replace both. We have people that just want to replace the chain because it's all the way down to zero, done, stretched, and dumb, right? And then they're now, we're like, it's not going to mesh. It won't shift right. It won't shift right. And then they get, then here goes the bad Yelp review because we didn't, you know, and it's like we've told them, you know? Mm -hmm. So those are just a couple of things in the bike check off, you know? You should, but it does cost money. It's, you can't buy your bike and be done. It's maintaining, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't want to do that. A lot of people don't want to invest. Because they have already done so much into that, you know, it's 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 funny to me on how many people will spend the money on the bike, but then like, oh, I don't need a helmet, you know, even on road, <laughs> and it's like, okay, I, my my selling point is, who's the person in your life you would hate to take care of you, if you're a vegetable, because that's what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I'll go get a helmet, you know what I mean? Yeah. And some people are still like, no, I'm good, and then, oh, this car almost hit me, you know, like you've how many times you've seen helmets save people's lives and all this, so. 
There you go. That's my two cents from a, a bike shop aspect of it. Okay, so you guys are bike industry people. Am I out of line saying bicycle, high-end bicycle prices are, are disproportionate with what, like a motorcycle? Because that, like, okay, so my S Works Enduro stickers ten five. Yeah. Right. You can get a brand new KX four fifty or ten five. Right. I remember I argued with Sean Essies about this once. Yeah. I was like, why are mountain bikes so expensive? Yeah. I go, my theory is it's the person that's hardcore cyclist is more affluent than the hardcore dirt biker. Right. Mm. That's what they can afford. That's what the market will bear. Because and Essies like, no, oh, that's the technology. I'm all, dude, mm. come on. I know what's inside that fork and shock compared to dirt bikes, right? And then the amount of carbon in that frame compared to a carbon skid plate that costs 150 bucks. Right. I mean, I don't know. Why Why are bicycles so expensive? I, th- I think what you said, because the market will bear it. That's plain and simple. Yeah. I mean, you can you can talk about the carbon all day long. You could t- I mean, look at when my first my first downhill fork, my first Fox 40, when I first did this was $900. And $900 was like, Ooh, that is a lot for a fork, right? Mm-hmm. And I crashed on the first time, scratched my stanchion, so I know. And I had to replace the stanchion. Like, even my cost, I mean, that's, it's a lot to replace. I was like, oh my gosh. Now, 1800 bucks for the yeah, forks? Yeah, they doubled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, just, I think that too, because I, I've, because I went a long time with that saying, yeah, technology, you know, they're doing this and that. It, it's kind of catching up with, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't line up with. I mean, there's for sure things. There's on so my... much more material on a dirt bike. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. T- just the material costs alone. Yeah, like, it's way way more. Yeah, you could say a steel or aluminum frame versus carbon, but but everything to make that motorcycle go uh, yeah. is there's way so more than many what? moving yeah. parts in a motorcycle. Yeah. The motor, fuel injection, yeah, electric starter, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like I mean, fifteen thousand dollars for a bike. Think about it. Yeah, you have to get a loan. On, I mean. Or you're putting it on your credit card. I mean, there's people that can afford it. Don't get me wrong. But it's exactly that, I think. And and mind you, I hated selling something that, you know, the people's getting, it, it's a car payment, right? Mm-hmm. $15,000 and they do the one-year financing, you know, whoo, that's a hefty car payment right there. Mm-hmm. You know, and so some of the bikes either get sold off or sit in, and, and you hope it's not the ones that's going to sit in the garage. I mean, I, a guy used to get into mm-hmm. golfing and, he came, and I, this was probably uh, 18 years ago, 15 years ago, and he bought, at the time, high end was nine grand, right? Eight grand. And I was like, okay, he bought a bike, and I'm like, oh, he goes, oh, my wife's going to kill me. I said, well, it could be worse habits, you know, in life that you could be doing. At least this is a healthy one. He goes, ah. And I said, oh, okay, I don't know what, what, what you He took me out to his car, opened the trunk, and he had just bought a set of golf clubs, okay? And to me, I'm like, okay, and he goes, he flipped it over, and his receipt was right there. He built his golf club, right? Because I guess at that level, you pick what you want, right? Mm-hmm. And he had just spent, and at the time, that was twelve thousand dollars. He really? had just picked like golf clubs. Oh. The bag and the golf clubs, twelve grand. Wow! And he goes, I "Well, when I want something, I go and out." And you got to wear like, the right thing for that too. Yeah. Plan. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, my God. So no matter what you're good into, that there is that price, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, I've seen it all. I've seen, or I haven't seen it all. I've seen a lot of that over the years. I mean, I've seen, you know, tar- and now you have tariffs, right? And then 
now with this whole COVID and the bikes on the ocean, the tanks are the things on the ocean. You used to be able to send a container over at a thousand dollars, right? I had this conversation, I think, with COVID. Well, it's ten grand now. And now fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. 15. You know, I heard fifteen two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So who's eating that cost? You. Consumer, yeah. They're not. They're saying, hey, this is how much it costs to still make it. Now you add in this. So now these extra tariffs get added in on our end. You know, the, even the manufacturers here and or the distributors here, when we, they bring in their bikes and stuff, they're like, oh, well, it's going to cost you 15% more. And But yet they leave their prices at this and then we're paying that, you know. So the prices here, it used to be here. Oh, your margin's getting cut into now. Yeah. So you don't care if we have a job. You don't care. You know what I mean? So that's a whole different, you know, people love to come in and say, hey, I bought all this on Amazon. Can you put on the thing? And then get mad because we're charging full pop for labor. Yeah. Well, you didn't care if I had a job to buy that stuff online. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of weird. It's, you know, yeah. I try not to buy online for stuff I can get from stores because I am one of those workers. I I love my job. I want to have a job. You know, I want to be able to have a low roof over my head you know (laughs) but you know so anyways yeah that being said there you go all right are we good with your bicycle uh Hmm? till till next round of our of our those questions well he'll he'll save up some more because i i'm sure i'm not done we're not done with you on this podcast (laughs) we have uh go ahead let's get a pro hiker in a pro hiker there's a ton of so the hikers and then why the heck do the people that jog Jog in the bike lane going the wrong way. Yeah. Those kind of people, when I'm riding my road bike and I see them, I look down and I'm like looking like this to make yeah. sure I don't hit them, but I play chicken with them. Yeah. See, I'm okay. Like the hikers I get because my, my daughter's a hiker. And so it's like, okay, they're out on the trail. And I know it's scary when a bike comes down the trail. But your daughter has common but, sense and will move over. But three hikers wide on a trail? Yeah. Come on. When oh. you're on a single track? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you don't fit three wide and you're making it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyhow, so our next shirt design will be, you know, how they say what gives way to what, uh, you know, yeah, like yeah. You're, <laughs> we're just gonna have, we're gonna have the our, mountain bike at the top, everything. Right, yeah. exactly. There you go. Yeah. There's our new shirt. You ready? You design it. We'll print it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So no matter where you are in life, no matter what it leads you to, no matter what trail you go down, keep, keep the, the rubber, rubber side down. down.